Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. Show's outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise this coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great stimulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Beverly Nadler, her fabulous daughter, Dr. Denise Nadler, a.k.a. Ariana. And we want this to be the best year ever for all our friends, our family, and our loyal listeners worldwide. Joyce, Barry, and Friends, the number one radio show. You might be wondering why this is so. Memorable quotes, life lessons, and so much more. The Coach's Corner will make you soar. All outstanding guests that we love to feature, you will find this show to be the best teacher. Great authors like Ted Siuba and Bernie Siegel, awesome leaders that soar like an eagle. Beverly Nadler with Here's to Your Health, Home Business Opportunities to Increase Your Wealth. Kurt's impersonation and improvisation add to the show's transformation, broadcasting live across America and around the globe with timely topics and issues to probe. The chat room is always fun. We see your comments and appreciate each one. Want to change your life? Change your approach. And hire yours truly, Joyce Barry, to be your life coach. And that's what we do on this show as well. We are your coach. We just invite you to listen up, learn, and take action. Welcome to the show today, folks. We invite you to celebrate and appreciate Passover. You don't have to be Jewish to appreciate and celebrate this holiday. Here from Beverly Nadler and myself, your host, 
Success Coach Joyce Barry about this highly significant holiday. Enjoy the quotes, the jokes, test your knowledge with our trivia quiz, listen, learn, and see how Passover is relevant to Christians as well. Welcome to the show, Beverly Nagger. So happy to have you join us to discuss this really significant holiday. I'm delighted to be here, and I'm looking forward to um, our first uh, celebration this year of Passover, which is um, tomorrow night, Um, and uh, I do a little bit of cooking for that. I'm not the greatest (laughs) in cooking, but I do a little bit of cooking because there's certain foods that we love to eat at Passover. So I'm delighted to be here, and I'm wishing you and everyone a happy Passover and a wonderful Easter. And interestingly, uh, these holidays do fall out usually around the same time. And where would you like to start uh, today's show? Uh, I know you have a take on so many things. And, folks, I would say it's not about how great a cook you are when you open up your home for Passover, Seder, and invite folks. It's how good a hostess you are, making people feel comfortable to usher in these really magnificent holidays. That's interesting what you, what you said. Um, usually, I am a good cook. I just am not crazy about cooking. But usually the holiday has a lot of people, and this is the first year in which um, there's not a lot of people because every the family is all over. So in our hearts, they're all there, but I still make the traditional meal. But traditionally, Passover is a time when people welcome um, guests, Jewish and non-Jewish, and it's also a time to have children around the table. The children play an important part. Um, what I want to open with is just explaining the simplest things uh, about this wonderful holiday and, and why it exists and, and what it means to Jews. And actually, it means the same thing, really, um, to everyone, whether you're Jewish or not. It's always on the 15th day of the Hebrew month of what's known as Nisan, N-I-S-A-N. And it always falls out in the spring, that is March or April. And, of course, as we know, this year it begins April 20th, which is Saturday, and the first Seder, which is the first best food festival <laughs> uh, celebration, is always the night before. And it happens that that's also Good Friday this year. So it's a wonderful time for this celebration. And it's, Passover is a celebration of freedom and hope, and it commemorates the, the Jewish exodus from Egypt. Um, it reminds the Jews also to be that freedom is something very special and to be grateful that freedom and also to seek freedom for others. It, for freedom can take on many different forms, political tyranny, um, spiritual depression, economic uh, desperation, any of those things. And Passover is a time to remind ourselves that we can and should be liberated from any types of slavery, anything that prevents us from feeling free. And it's also a reminder that however dark a situation may appear, there is always light behind it and always the possibility for redemption. And Judaism is a religion of hope in spite of the darkness that does occur in this physical world. And so Passover commemorates this hope and it seeks to keep this hope alive for everyone 
those who share in the celebration, and everyone, all of our human family. A major theme of the holiday is remembrance. Passover is a holiday where the Bible actually tells the Jewish community to explicitly pass the meaning of this holiday down to our children. And in Exodus, it says, God directs as follows, seven days you shall eat unleavened bread, and on the seventh day there shall be a festival. Now, the word they use is Adonai, which is a word for God. And you will explain to the children, to your children, what God did for us when we went forth from Egypt. So Jews are actually obligated, as the Bible says, to tell their children this age-old story and keep the memory alive. Yes, that is so. So it's very much about a Passover Seder where we have children there. Uh, In fact, it's the youngest child that asks what is known as the four questions, a major part of the service. Uh, So it, it is an extraordinary holiday. And um, we'll get into the traditions and more about it as we move on. So please continue. So let me give you the origin and uh, the historical background. Uh, It begins in the the Bible tells it in Exodus. It is the Exodus, the leaving of the Jews from Israel. Uh, I'm sorry, (laughs) the Jews from Egypt. Uh, Jews lived in great peace in Egypt for many, many years but then there was the reign of a particular pharaoh, and um, he turned, made the Jews slaves, and they had been slaves for 400 years. And um, Moses goes before the pharaoh and demands that the pharaoh let my people go, and the pharaoh refuses. And so ten plagues are inflicted upon the Egyptians. Now, after the first nine plagues, the pharaoh still refuses to let the people go, even though there were terrible plagues. The river Nile turned to blood. There was hail falling from the sky so the crops couldn't grow. Then they were overrun with flogs and lice and flies and locusts, and still pharaoh would not let the people go, even though Moses said, this is what God is telling you, but he would not do it. But the tenth plague That changed everything because the 10th plague was where the oldest son of all Egyptians would die. The angel of death would claim them. And so after this happened and the Pharaoh's son died, he agreed to let the Israelites free. And as you know, especially if you watch the Ten Commandments, which is usually played, if I recall, uh, every year that I can recall at this time with Moses um, portrayed by Carlton Heston, uh, Pharaoh changed his mind and pursued the Jews. And as the story goes, the water parted, the miracle occurred, the Jews escaped. Now, the Israelite sons did not die because God had instructed the Jews to mark their doors with the blood of a lamb, so the angel of death would pass over their homes. And that's why this celebration is called Passover. Yes. In Exodus. Um, yes, absolutely. But uh, I want to just reference uh, with the doors on, with every Jewish home, the lamb's 
blood was put all around the door, letting God know that it was a Jewish home and to pass over that door when they were going to smite the firstborn son or the eldest son uh, in the families as the final plague. Right. That was the final plague, and that's the one that convinced Pharaoh to let the people go. But as we know, um, the, the, the Egyptians changed their mind. Now, the Jews are instructed uh, to put the uh, blood of a lamb on the doors. They're also instructed to have a seven, and I'm talking about in Exodus, the Bible, to have a seven-day festival uh, on which the Jews do not eat leavened bread or anything um, that rises, that has, uh, that is able to rise, that has yeast in it. They eat what is known as matzah, and matzah is a, not only. I love matzah, by the way. It's just made out of uh, flour and water, but somehow it's delicious, and it is a symbolic, uh, in in one way. Um, we have to remove the Jews. Have to actually remove anything from the house. Uh, that has uh, that rises, and um, this is this was done um, for years. And what most, or I shouldn't say most, I don't know about most, but many modern Jews, what they do today is they simply clean out any anything, you know, crackers and cereal and cakes and breads, and they put them in a separate room or in a closet as to symbolize that they have taken it out. And, of course, the reason for this, for the, for the Ark Rising, is it's symbolic of the fact that when the Israelites left Egypt after the 10th plague, they didn't have time to allow their bread to rise. And so this becomes a symbol. We only eat unrisen bread to symbolize the hurry that the Jews had to take in order to escape Israel, um, Egypt. And as, she, as Beverly referenced, this is all in the book of Exodus in the Bible. I just want to share that every Bible in my home, I have the New Testament and the Old Testament. Uh, I am I, interested in both. So that's in the book of Exodus, and it's an extraordinary time of the Jewish people because of, it meant freedom for the first time freedom from slavery, freedom uh, from the Egyptian rule, and so much more. So Passover commemorates all that. And the story is told at the dinner table, so one should never forget it. Right. As we, as we have the, um, uh, the this, this, I'd call it almost like a ceremony because it goes on for hours. And it's reading of something that's called a Haggadah or Haggadah. Um, and everyone takes turns reading it, and it is the story. It's a text that tells the Exodus story. It also contains rituals. It contains songs. And it's believed to have its origins um, after the destruction of the Second Temple in Jerusalem, which was in 70 um, A.D. Uh, there are uh, new actually new Haggadahs now, and um, there are different things that have been added to them. Uh, there's different ways of explaining it, but always it is a story about freedom. Yes. So you're free now to continue. You're doing a great over. job. 
on the Passover table, uh, besides the matzah, there are several other plates, and they are also uh, are symbols. Um, there's some bitter herbs, which symbolize the bitterness of the Israelite slaves' lives. There is a sweet mixture of wine, nuts, and raisins, symbolizing the mortar the Israelite slaves used in order to build the bricks. Um, sometimes people put apple in it also. It's very delicious, by the way. There's an egg to symbolize rebirth, and there is parsley or celery to symbolize spring, and then there is a shank bone of a lamb, and that's a reminder of the Passover sacrifice that was used, uh, and they used to use this actually in the temple, but since the temple was destroyed, you just put this on the table. For vegetarians, by the way, they can use a roasted beet in place of the shank bone of the lamb. Yes. And uh, what is the significance of wine at these tables? What is the significance? Well, there's many. Uh, there's a cup of wine for Elijah. There are cups. Uh, there's wine that we, it's a drop of wine that we, during the time that we are eating, um, that we will at certain times, according to the reading of this wonderful Passover text, um, when we will actually drop um, a, a drop of wine in order to commemorate and, and remember the various different things that occurred during that time, and perhaps you have um, in your in your wonderful uh, research you may have seen something other than that, but that's what I saw. I just want to ask you if you know, it is to commemorate each, each part of the service, yes. Uh, do you know what people who can't drink wine, what they take in its place? I don't know. I would just guess that it would be grape juice. Well, you guessed correctly. <laughs> <laughs> and I have a lot of trivia. So why don't we start with that since that was one of my first questions and you started you know, talking about wine, it is grape juice. The people present at the Seder that drink wine when they can't consume wine, that's what they replace it with. Um, as This is all part of the stories, but it's in trivia form. What do Jews purge their homes of during Passover? Well, there's a word for it, which is chumitz, I think, but it's everything that's made with flour uh, that rise, that could rise, anything that's not basically matzah or matzah meal or made from matzahs or matzah meal should be cleansed out of the house. And in fact, in the, in the <laughs> what I've read is that people actually take a flashlight to, the, these would be, I would say, very orthodox, to wander around from room to room to make sure that there is not a drop anywhere in the house that is not supposed to be there. And that's mostly for people who are, I would say, orthodox or very, very religious that get to that part of the ritual. Do you know the very first of the four cups of wine, why are they obligated to drink that at the Passover Seder? What is it meant for? I don't know if that's the one for Elijah. I really don't know. So 
Um, I guess you have to tell us the answer. It's Kiddush, uh, and that means sanctification, which means to make holy. It's recited over a full glass of wine as a blessing, ushering in the Sabbath or a holy day. What's the name of the special plate that holds the foods eaten during the Passover Seder? You know, I don't know what they're called. I really don't. I just, in every Seder that I've been to, there was all of these things that I mentioned before. Um, and he called it the Seder plate, but I don't think yes, that's the Yes, that's uh, it. Real no, that's the answer. Hello? That's the answer. Oh, it is the answer. The, okay. <laughs> the Passover Seder plate. It's the traditional plate, normally contains six to seven symbolic foods of Passover. Each of the foods on the special plate symbolizes an important element from the Israelites' journey to freedom from servitude in Egypt. And which religious group observes Passover? You said... I don't know what the last thing is that you said, Joyce. I'm sorry. What religious group observes Passover? Oh, what religious group? The Jews. Yes. We want you to have an easy question there, too. Absolutely. I don't expect anyone to know, but it was an interesting fact that I'd never heard. The question was, what city hosts the world's largest Passover Seder every year? And the answer is Kathmandu. The capital city of Nepal is has hosts the largest Passover Seder in the world every year. Thousands of people from all over the world take trips to Kathmandu to be part of this spectacular event. What does the final day of Passover celebrate? Good question. I don't know, but I, I have to comment. Nepal has the largest. I'm, I'm shocked. I would have said, <laughs> I would have said someplace in Israel. That's amazing to me. Um, I don't know what the last day. Maybe it's um, one of the holidays. Maybe Sukkot or one of the other holidays. I don't know. What's funny is sometimes the answer is so obvious that we don't put the two together, connect the dots. The answer is the arrival of the Israelites to the Red Sea. The last day of the Passover celebrates the arrival of the Israelites who had successfully escaped slavery in Egypt to the Red Sea. It's noteworthy to mention that upon getting to the Red Sea, Moses miraculously parted it for the Israelites to get across. And during the last day of Passover, women and girls customarily light candles in commemoration of that great event. What does Passover commemorate? The exodus from Egypt. Correct. Exactly right. Successfully led, uh, Moses successfully leading the Jews out of Egypt where they had spent centuries living in slavery under various Egyptian pharaohs. What does parsley dipped in salt water on the Seder plate represent? Uh, that's the uh, bitterness of the um, Israelites' lives as slaves. Tears and pain of the Jewish slaves, you are correct. The dipping of the parsley in salt water during the Seder symbolizes the tears and pains of the enslaved Jews in Egypt. 
And what th- this is the last one for now. What does the final day of Passover celebrate? Oh, I ha- that was the question. You said that one. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we yeah we did say that. Okay, so you did very very well, and that's I I just like trivia because it gets one to think, and I find trivia is a great great learning process as well. Uh, the one about the largest Passover, I certainly wouldn't have gotten that. Absolutely. I, I I know that Passover is celebrated all over the world. Uh, there apparently there are Jews all over, but um, that was, was quite shocking to me. Not, not a bad shocking, you know what I mean. Um, you mentioned before about the four questions, and that's one of the things that's done as part of the Seder, and uh, usually it's asked of children, if there are children present. And the four questions are... And their answers, why is this night different from all other nights? And the answer, on all other nights, we eat either what they call shamats, in other words, anything that's not kosher, that's not, like, uh, uh, that's not unleavened bread, or matzah. On this night, we eat only matzah. Question number two, I mean, answer number two, on all other nights, we eat either sitting or reclining. Now, this is interesting. Tonight, we all reclined. Okay, I have never been to a Seder where anybody reclined. I remember thinking, what do they mean by reclined? You can't even eat when you're reclining. But apparently, the, uh, the concept of reclining is that of a free person. You're allowed to recline. You're allowed to just relax. And so they use that. But, however, while we're eating around the Passover table, I have never seen people recline. Some people do bring pillows, though, I'm I'm just remembering. And maybe that is symbolic of reclining. What about you, Joyce? Have you ever seen people when you've gone to say this? always. Yes, it's at my tables. I've always seen people, like, kind of slouch over or recline. The answer is yes. Uh huh. Okay, I have not. And folks, this trivia question. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, I didn't know you didn't finish. Go ahead. On all of the nights. Go ahead. I just did. You didn't hear me. No. Hello. On all of the nights. Yes. Go ahead. You you don't hear me talking. I do hear you talking. Please continue. I was continuing, but while I'm talking, you keep saying "go ahead," so I'm not sure what you, why you're saying that. On all other nights, we eat either. So I said that all other nights we eat a quick meal. Tonight, the meal is longer, and it's a night for staying awake. And again, on all other nights, we talk about things in general, and on this night, we talk about the Exodus from Egypt. Yes, and, and- that. That's it. I mean, that's nope. it as far as why is this night different from all other nights. Okay, folks, and what I wanted to share with you, uh, my favorite trivia question for all of you, regardless of faith, is why are you aware of why you should be listening to this show every day and hearing the words of our fabulous health guru and partner in this show, Beverly Nadler, here's why. And this is my most important trivia question to all of you. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. 
Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family. They'll be so pleased to know. And let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we do ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to JoyceBarryAndFriends.com and right under my picture on the upper left of the home page, it says follow. And simply by clicking on that, you can access our list to be apprised of every show, every guest, every topic, all of which are, are in our archives over eight years of shows. So 24-7, that's available to you. When you can't join us at 11 a.m. Eastern, simply go to the archives where you can download the shows, get the links, send them out, share them with others. So I invite you to do that. On the upper right uh, is the search bar, and if you put Beverly Nadler in, all Beverly's shows will come up. Whatever uh, it is that you're interested in, if you put in Peter Marks, all his shows will come up. He's a world-renowned psychic. Bernie Siegel, a world-renowned author uh, who has contributed so much to the world in terms of health and healing, all his shows will come up. So in the search bar, you can search one of two ways, either by the person where you'll see all their shows and all you have to do is click on the link, or the topic. If you put in Passover, all our Passover shows will come up. If you put in happiness, our happiness shows will come up. So very good resource, JoyceBarryAndFriends.com, the home page. So I invite you to check that out ASAP. And Beverly, why don't you just share uh, your website? My website is BeverlyNadler.com, and it's all about health and and the personal and the spiritual growth. Lots of articles, my poems, books. You can click on lots of lots of different links there. A lot of research that's been done. Um, it is basically an educational site, and I invite you there for more understanding of many of the things that we teach on on this show that we talk about on Joyce Barry and Friends. There's also um, one of the, another site that's not on there. That there's no link for it, so I'll tell it to you. It's vibrationalharmony.biz, and it's about the business of health and healing. And there are two books. They're literally 
ebooks, not just a few pages, but ebooks, one on stress and the other one on laws of the body, because I talk so much about the mind, and there's a lot of things we need to understand about the interaction between both. And I invite you to go to the sites and also to download uh, the free ebooks. You'll find them valuable for health and healing, which is basically what my part of the show. This wonderful, and I say wonderful, Joyce Barry and Friends is about health and healing and, and about um, any prosperity. It's about happiness. It's about joy. It's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful show that if you can't listen to it on the day that it's on, as Joyce said, just go to the menu and put in any of the subjects, and you'll be amazed at all the wonderful guests and how many wonderful things. If you can't listen on the day that it's on or at the time that it's on, either way, you should go to the archives, the day or the time. This is a worldwide show, so we're all in different time zones. So the point is you have 24-7 access to our archives. So I invite you to definitely, definitely check that out. I also invite you to go to Facebook, uh, Joyce Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and Facebook, Joyce, B-A-R-R-I-E, and Twitter. All our shows are posted in those venues as well. Okay, Beverly, back to you. Do you want to talk about the um, differences or connections to Passover and Easter? Okay. Uh, yeah, there is a, there is a definite connection, um, and it's in the Christian Bible, as a matter of fact. Uh, <clears throat> no other holiday in the in, in the uh, books, uh, whether we talk about Jewish holidays or Christian holidays, uh, has so much in common as uh, the Passover and Easter. The Christian Bible makes several explicit links between Jesus' Last Supper and a Passover Seder, and that's in Mark 14:12. And it says that Jesus prepared for the Last Supper on the first day of unleavened bread, which is Passover, when they sacrificed the Passover lamb. Uh, that was what was originally done on Passover. There was a lamb that was sacrificed, and then they used the blood um, on, on the doorposts so that the Jews' firstborn would not be killed. Uh, Paul equates Jesus' crucifixion with the Passover sacrifice. And he said, our Paschal Lamb, Christ, has been sacrificed. Therefore, let us celebrate the festival, not with the old yeast, that's referring to the, the bread that we would normally eat, but with the yeast, which is the yeast of malice and evil, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And that is in Corinthians 5, uh, 7, 8. And uh, so not surprisingly, the celebration of Easter commemorating Christ's resurrection, carries many of Passover's themes. They're both spring holidays of renewal with an emphasis on the overcoming of death itself. They are also to bring the thought of God's power over evil, God's power over death, that resurrection exists, that hope exists. It's beautiful that there is this wonderful um, correlation between the two, but for many years uh, there was a lot of um, anxiety and and fear around these holidays because a lot of anti-Semitism resulted and there was a lot of bloodshed. Um, Hopefully, (laughs) 
this is gone, and the rabbis who have written some of the books that I've read talk about the fact that in recent years, many Christian churches celebrate Passion Passover with Satas, and these rabbis uh, have been invited for years to conduct a Seda so that to, to help with the understanding between Jews and Christians of how much they do have in common and to bring uh, more love, hope, and joy to the Christian community, the Jewish community, and to the unification of all peoples. Very well said. And I want to share that on Friday, April 19, exactly what Beverly's talking about, uh, Passover and Easter and how they come together, we have Rabbi Eric Greenberg and Father Brian McWeeny. So who better to have than a top-level rabbi and uh, a father who's with the Archdiocese of New York? They're sharing the show, and that's exactly what we'll be talking about, so you don't want to miss that. Uh, Also, uh, we have other shows on Passover this week that we want to invite you to check out. So please go into our archives as we speak, and you'll see other great, great shows. Uh, We did Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, a Passover celebration on April 17. Uh, We did Holy Week and Passover. Rabbi Potasnik and Chap Oscar Smith, again, where it's Christian and Jewish, Holy Week and Passover. So we did a lot to commemorate and appreciate these extraordinary holidays. You know, I, I want to comment on, I'm sorry, did, did you have more to say? Because no, I was just, just thinking about out. the trivia was so good because it, it was, uh, to me, it was unlike most trivia. Everything that you said literally in these so-called trivia um, told the story. And so if people were just reading that trivia <laughs> that you put together so brilliantly, um, they get the Passover story. So I, I really appreciate it because I told it from one, you know, one point of view, just telling the story. And then with these questions, trivia questions, um, it was emphasized again in a different way. And I think the audience appreciates that. Uh, hearing things in different ways is sometimes very, very meaningful for us, uh, no matter what the subject is. So thank you for that. You are most welcome. Uh, I do believe that when you share things in different forms, that people remember it, they retain it, because just something will connect. Maybe it's that quote, maybe it's that trivia, but I do believe in that very much. Yes. Uh, I want to mention something about matzah that I found very interesting, that in addition to the basic or the main reason that we're eating matzah, I was pointed out in one of the uh, books that I was reading that it has a spiritual significance as well, that it's a symbol of humility uh, and the rejection of arrogance because just as bread rises, so does man's ego. And matzah, if we think of it as a uh, a spiritual sense is a reminder for us not to get puffed up, but to remain humble, and not only on this holiday, but during our lifetime, to to recognize the, the great power 
that exists in this world, not only in this world, but within each of us, and, and to look upon other people with wanting them too to be free of anything that enslaves them and to have hope that no matter what is happening in the world, something better, something better awaits us. And I just want to say this holiday, which lasts eight days, it's giving up all the, you know, things that we're accustomed to. So on some level, for some people, it's hard to give up that bread or any of those leavened foods. But it's really important to remember what our ancestors went through. Yes, and that's why this is the only holiday um, in which we're told that it is a holiday of remembrance and it is to be passed down. And it's not the same kind of holiday, let's say, as uh, Yom Kippur or, or, or Rosh Hashanah, which, of course, is basically the same holiday, Yom Kippur ending Rosh Hashanah, um, with the new year. Uh, it, it is different uh, because it's a celebration of life. It's a celebration of freedom. And what's interesting, some of the things um, that, that, that are said, um, the dropping you mentioned before, the, the dropping of the wine, and each drop um, is for each plague, and we spill a little on our plate. And although some people say, well, the spilling of the drops reflects our appreciation for God's judgment against a cruel enemy, many Jews understand something very different, that the spilling of the drops is actually in sympathy for the pain of the Egyptians who died during the redemption of the Israelites. As we drop wine from the cup, supposedly our own joy should be diminished because the Talmud includes a famous story, and the Talmud is a very holy scripture, a Hebrew holy scripture, second only to the Holy Bible. And it includes a famous story of the Israelites successfully crossing the Red Sea while their Egyptian pursuers are drowning. And as the story goes, when the angels tried to sing songs of praise to God at the Red Sea, God silenced them, saying, My handiwork, my human creatures, are drowning in the sea, and you want to sing songs of praise? That is something I had never seen before. And it is a reflection also and a reminder that part of the whole Jewish culture is to have empathy and sympathy for our fellow man and to respect the life that God has given to each one, regardless of their, quotes, nature. I just want to share one or two jokes so that at this time... What, in your opinion, is the most reasonable explanation for the fact that Moses let the Israelites all over the place for 40 years before they finally got to the promised land? So, folks, you might say he was being tested or he wanted them to really appreciate the promised land when they finally got there. But perhaps the answer is <laughs> he refused to ask for directions. <laughs> okay. Why do we say Yitzka on the last day of Passover? What's the connection? On Passover, we remember the Exodus. After Yitzka in Moshe's, there is also a mass Exodus. And Yitzka is uh, commemorating 
uh, it's a prayer for the dead. So what's the connection? Remember the Exodus. Uh, in shuls, there's a mass exodus. People want to get home and break the fast. How did Passover get its name? Since the Seder table is usually made larger, people can't reach for the items on the table and invariably ask other, could you please pass over the matzah, etc.? And how is a good sermon like a piece of matzah? They both should take less than 18 minutes. So just a couple of real quicky jokes. Uh, to put some humor into the situation because Passover is a very solemn and serious holiday. Well, it's uh, serious when we think about um, the, 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 you know, what the Jews went through. But on the other hand, it's got the joy of finally being free. So I guess we'd say it's both. In, in the Bible, it's, we're instructed to have a seven-day festival and usually, and then there's a contradiction because, um, as it says in the Talmud, uh, you cannot be singing songs of praise while the Egyptians are dying, you know, drowning. So there is that. But life is like that. You know, it's got both sides. I find very interesting um, when you mentioned India, uh, there are this Passover celebrated in Turkey, in Ethiopia. Of course, in Israel, in Iran, in Morocco, Gibraltar, and um, of course in America, uh, and many of the um, Latin countries, uh, in Spain, and of course in Europe. So it is celebrated all over the world, and there are different customs in different parts of the world. Um, but always, the the main theme remains the same. It is a holiday. Of, of um, rejoicing, basically, because we are free, uh, a holiday of remembrance, a ho- holiday to remind us to always have hope, even in the darkest of times. And no matter where it's celebrated or how it's celebrated, these are the things that are always instilled in our mind in a Passover Seder. And I have to say that I honestly miss not having a Seder with the children um, and grandchildren sitting around a table, uh, not my grandchildren, but other people's grandchildren. Um, but it's, you know, what's happened is people are far flung. They're all over the all over the country. My family is um, in California, in Florida, um, in Arizona, um, in New York, which is not that far away, but to tell you, in traffic, <laughs> it's unbelievably how far it is. <laughs> you know, most seders are in home, um, uh, but there are also uh, seders that are done in synagogues um, because there are many people who don't have family. And uh, so there's also tour readings during them. Um, it depends on the tradition of the individual synagogue, but there are often um, Passover seders in synagogues that people can go to. Um, fortunately, I've got my daughter and I, and uh, we we enjoy. I make I make matzo ball soup and chicken, and um, we have some matzas and gefilte fish, and enjoy it. How about you? How 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 do you celebrate matzah? I mean, how do you celebrate Passover now that you're in Florida? I have relatives in Florida, 
So I just keep my fingers crossed that one of them will take the time, the trouble, and the energy uh, to have a Passover Seder. So that's what happens. I have my cousins are in Florida. Yes, and that's great because you have family there. Um, there's two. There's a couple of customs that I want to mention. One is called the, oh, you know, Afrikoman. Um, yeah, it is um, derived from a Greek word meaning after procession, and it's used to describe a special piece of matzah which is hidden away near the beginning of the seder by one of the adults and searched for toward the end of the seder by the children. And whoever finds it is given a prize. And after the finding and eating of that special matzah, there is no more eating. The seder pretty much is, is finished. So that's one of the questions, of course. I mean, one of the customs. But, of course, if there's no children, I'm not sure exactly what they do. Uh, another custom is uh, the cup of Elijah. And um, that is where, we, where the door is open somewhere during the seder is open to allow Elijah the prophet to come in. And according to Jewish tradition, he will be the one to herald the coming of the Messiah. The opening of the door for Elijah on Passover is, again, a symbol of hope. And the Seder, when it draws to a close with the vision of Elijah as a hope for a better world, despite anything that may be going around. So that's that, uh, that I always remember um, as part of it, as part of the Seder. Just a couple of short Morris Joseph said, Passover affirms the great truth that liberty is the inalienable right of every human being. And Ludwig Frank said, the Seder nights tie me with the centuries before me. Leon Blum, the cause of freedom and the cause of peace are bound together. And Jennifer Wagner, Passover is one of my favorite times of the year. This is when the whole community and family gets together to remember who we are and why we are here. And I really think that sums it up at the Passover Seder. Pretty much so, yeah. Uh, there's an interesting fact that I want to mention. During the Civil War, uh, the Jewish soldiers um, in a certain state were unable to get uh, the, 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 the thing that you create for, that represents the mortar, the bricks, and they actually got a brick and they put that on uh, the Seder plate that they created. They actually had a, a brick instead of the wine and the nuts, the raisins, or the apples. They had a brick, which I thought was quite something. Yes. Uh, this is interesting. Passover and Easter are the only Jewish and Christian holidays that move in sync like the ice skating pairs we saw during the Winter Olympics. Marvin Olasky said that. And this is just a funny one. Marsha Cohen, Passover is our tradition, and I like to keep up with that. Our ancestors couldn't eat bread, and it's nice for us to celebrate that every year by going <laughs> through their struggles. <laughs> so I, I like to find humor in everything. Back to you, Beverly Nadler, as we're starting to wind down here a bit. Well, I think we pretty much covered the story of Passover, 
and the reason for it. And um, I think that uh, your what you've added uh, with your jokes and your trivia uh, have really brought a lot of joy and humor um, to the show. And hopefully uh, our audience will realize how much we all have in common with each other, how love, hope, joy, empathy, caring for each other, and recognizing the differences and yet the sameness in each other. This is a wonderful thing, and it brings the Passover brings that to mind, especially when people are able to open up their homes, as many and many of the Jews do, uh, to strangers and invite them. And I was reading about one um, author uh, whose family always opened up their home to a group of children uh, that were literally um, brain-damaged children um, that were in, in, a, in a home, and they would open up their home to have these children at their Passover Seder, which I thought was quite remarkable. Um, other people may go sometimes to the homeless and invite them. Uh, these are mostly, I think, Orthodox Jews, and I don't know how common it is now. A lot of things change, just as our uh, reading at the text of the table, which is so important, but that it's evolved during the years. There is now a, a feminist Haggadah, and there's one especially for gay people uh, that have written particularly for their Passover ser services. So I think that the fact that in all religions, uh, being able to move forward with the times, recognizing the past, using those symbols, but bringing something from the modern days into it to recognize how things have evolved and how they continue to change in, in our evolving world and bringing that into our ceremonies and rituals is meaningful. Yes, and, and in a moment I'm going to ask you to share your poem, but I wanted to, I wanted to just throw this in because it's so funny. It's to the tune of my favorite things from the sound of music, so I didn't want to uh, not include this today. Cleaning and cooking and so many dishes. Out with the hummets, no pasta, no knishes. Fish that's consulted, horseradish that stings. These are a few of our Passover things. Matzah and carpus and chopped up harosid. Shank bones and kiddish and Yiddish neurosis. Tante who fetches and uncles who sings. These are a few of our Passover things. Mutsi and major and trouble with pharaohs. Famines and locusts and slaves with wheelbarrows. Matzah balls floating and eggshell that clings. These are a few of our Passover things. When the plague strike, when the lice bite, when we're feeling sad, we simply remember our Passover things, and then we don't feel so bad. I had to include that. Well, I'm so glad you did. Not only did you include it, interesting, you didn't sing it, but in a sense, I could hear the song behind it, especially the last part. I could hear the singing of that song with those words. Well, whoever wrote that is really clever. Is it by your favorite author, Anonymous, or is there a name for the person that uh, created no that name. delightful? 
No name, but I I didn't sing it because, as my dad would tell you, I couldn't carry a tune if it was in a suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I heard the music. I actually heard the the tune, and it is adorable, yeah. Um, Too bad the person can't get credit for writing it because it's very clever. Very, very clever. I used and to there do were more that. Uh, songs like that to different music. Uh, you could get it from jokeoftheday.com. There's so many to different music. I thought that was hilarious. Okay, Beverly, what poem do you want to share with us today? Hope Heals. And I chose that poem specifically because, as we said right at the beginning, this is a holiday of freedom and hope. When your whole world seems to be falling apart, quiet your mind and look into your heart. It's where your soul lives and it knows what's true. You'll hear it whisper, have hope to you. When nothing in your life seems fair and you feel overcome with despair, your soul knows what you must do. Have hope and it will inspire you. Life is full of both the good and the bad, and sometimes we're happy and sometimes we're sad. Crises are part of everyone's life. No one escapes struggle and strife. Yet even in the midst of your sorrow, hope can bring a better tomorrow. No matter what you've been through, there's always hope when you know someone cares about you. When everything you do seems to hit a brick wall, and you feel so discouraged you stumble and fall, dig deep inside and hear your inner voice. It's your soul saying you have a choice. You can give up and give in to your pain, or you can pick yourself up once again. Hold your head high as you move on with hope, and a bright new day soon will dawn. Bravo, bravo. That was awesome, as all your poems are awesome. What message do you want to leave on this Passover for our listening audience? Think of today not only as a Jewish holiday. Think of Passover not only as a Jewish. Think of this time, Passover, Easter, renewal, redemption, hope, love, empathy, caring. Think of it as a new beginning because that's truly what it is absolutely and my special prayer for all of you is may yesterday be the last day the very last day of your struggles your suffering your ill health your misfortunes your problems your pain your worries your troubles your trials and tribulations may today be the first day it is the first day of the rest of your life May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make this the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories and manifesting marvelous miracles. And to put that in another way, to show my appreciation for this holiday, may all your troubles just pass over and may this be a new world 
starting today with all good things coming your way. A special thank you to you, Beverly Nyla, for another great show in partnership, celebrating the Passover, appreciating the Passover. Folks, use the opportunity, do a random act of kindness, pay it forward, pay it backward. If you're having a Seder, think of someone you might want to invite to sit at your table, and it might be someone Christian. Oftentimes, people, Jewish people go out of the way to share it with someone that's Christian. So you might want to do that. And most of all, we want you to be healthy and happy, and you can sing along with us, dance along with us, share the joy with us, and you can do that right here, right now, to the Joyce Barry Mash. I was listening to Blog Talk Radio when my ears heard something that I did know. From the speakers of my laptop, I heard a voice. It was the White Oprah, also known as Joyce. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. I felt so inspired. By her show, and her poetry was just so good, you know. I want to listen to Joyce again and again, as Joyce would say, if not now, when? He did the mash. The Joyce Barry mash. Joyce Barry mash. She is a coaching smash. He did the mash. You'll catch on in a flash. He did the mash. The Joyce Barry Mash. Wow. Joyce knows all about having fun. Wow. She's a home business wizard and she's just begun. Wow. She's wow. a coaching sensation for not just me or wow. you or her. It's for everyone. You can mash. Do the Joyce Barry Mash. Joyce Barry Mash. She's a home business smash. Then you can mash. You'll catch on in a flash. Then you can mash. Do the Joyce Barry mash. Wow. <laughs> Have a fantastic day and listen to Joyce Barry and friends. <laughs> it is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.